From the Journalism and Mass Communication studios on the campus of Bob Jones University, it's the BJU Alumni Relations Podcast. Season 2, We Mean Business, with your hosts, David Burrell and Jay Du. All right, I'm back in the booth with Jay Du. We just got done talking to Katie Rogers, uh, a piano uh, pedagogy grad, who is now doing something besides piano for her business. Uh, Jeremiah, did you learn anything about flowers from this conversation with Katie? I learned that I didn't know anything, but I already knew that. So I guess I didn't learn much at all. But she and I were in school together. And, yeah, she has had a complete turn of events in her life that have not only been a new business for her, but also for her family. She mentioned her daughters in this episode, I believe. Yeah, she definitely talked about the idea of her daughters joining her in her business officially in the future. They're definitely internship uh, quality work going on right now from her daughters, but she's looking forward to the day when they may be able to work alongside and even more of an official having a business type of thing. But she has some great stories from her family events in the past that helped launch her into why she does it and why it's so important. So I think you guys are really going to enjoy some of those stories that happened at the, well, not quite the wedding of the century. I am Katie Rogers. I was Katie Carter, graduated in 2007 with a degree in piano, church music, and I live here in Greenville, married to Thomas Rogers. Um, We're both business owners. Um, We have six children. Um, They're are five girls and one little boy and their ages range from 12 all the way down to four months. So we have a new baby as well. Um, I'm a homeschool mom. We have four starting back to school here next month. And um, since 2007, since we got married, um, I did my own wedding flowers, which was a big mistake. That was a big mistake. Um, Wanted to save a dollar, wanted to pull off something that nobody else was offering for me. And it worked. Um, I still can barely look at my wedding pictures. I did not know what I was doing. But shortly after that, a friend asked me to do her wedding flowers. And then one thing led to another. And within just a couple of years, I had a, a growing um, floral business. So out of my home, um, I did it on the side while I was full-time employed. And then I came home from work when we started having children 12 years ago and um, continued to grow the floral business. So um at this point, I've been in business 15 years. Um, we've done countless, we were trying to count the other day, um, weddings, events, gifts, artist series, um, Valentine's Days. And um, that's a humming part of my life that um, ebbs and flows underneath all of the other chaos. <laughs> so, um, but it's still going. It's still going and it's been a work in progress and not something I set down planning to do necessarily, but um it's something that I love. The last thing that I heard, the last thing that I heard was artist series. There's a Bob Jones term right there. So you have like done flowers for people taking yes. dates is what you mean. Is that back what you mean? When folks were, like bouquets? You know, back and, when they wore tuxes and the formals and everything and, and every right, girl had to right. have an arm bouquet. You're just dating yourself. You're just uh, you dating know, yourself, thing, Katie. But, what you know, year did you say? 2007. Did you know it's starting to come back now? Now, you know, it's a new idea to hand your date a little hand clutch, a little bouquet. What else I heard there was two business owners in the house. I heard six kids. I heard 15 years. What? What are you? Homeschool mother. What are you trying to prove? Like what? What are you trying to? This is ridiculous. I'm tired listening to you. I should have sat down and thought, you know, for my adult life, I'd like to get a little bit of sleep. That would have been a good plan. From the beginning, we we did not have that as a as a primary goal, and I think 
you know, we need to kind of rethink that a little bit, but. Right. You've, you've hit, hit the target you didn't aim at, or you haven't hit the target you did aim at. What am I trying to say here? Okay. So we got through that introduction somehow, but you don't even have time to be on this podcast. David, you better ask questions quick. Oh, I've got a break from the kids. This is great. The other business owner of the house is on parent duty. Katie, I did want to ask, did you have any flower experience before your wedding? Like what was this? It sounded the way you told it that you were just like for my wedding. Yeah, I'm like now what, a what? What could nobody else provide for you? Like what's I going wanted on? a certain look, and it was just a certain day. And um, we had he had brought me summer wild summer roses out where I had worked out in the countryside, and so we wanted to get that look. And everybody wanted to make it super arranged. Wanted you know their professional take on it, and you know, and, and a significant expense that we weren't willing to do, and so. I just saw the need and thought I can do this. I can work it out. It was a huge learning experience. You know, it was one of those things that I, I would do differently if I could do over it again, but it did kind of open the door. I, I guess it was providential. I didn't know that this was something that um, I wanted to do. And I do love, I love visuals. I love aesthetics. I love creation. So it kind of fit in with my personality, but it wasn't necessarily something that I was pursuing. It kind of landed in my lap. And then from there, other folks needed it too. They liked the idea that I could do this without a huge overhead of an office and a delivery truck and all the things. And so I was able to kind of fill a need and um, meet that need with the ability and the opportunity. And then I had to quickly figure out the skill and the knowledge and floral care and figure out the industry and how this was going to work better and start problem solving right from the start. And then that's when it began to grow. Okay, so so what about your specific wedding situation, though? You say you look back and it wasn't the best look or it, it's hard to look at. Like, you know, what, what was it that uh, you d- just didn't get right? You know, you said it was a lot of work. I mean, at some point in the day you got <laughs> married, but when you look back at your wedding, do you only think about flowers? Is that, that you know? was See, that's the problem. It shouldn't have taken attention away from the fact that we were getting married. We should have been able to enjoy the day more and be free to do that. And that's why you need wedding vendors. You really do want other people to be taking care of things so that you and your family can focus on what's going on and soak it all in and make the memories and um, be calm and collected. And I started my day running around trying to make my bouquet standing in a bathroom at church with my future sister-in-law knocking on the door saying, come on, the photographer and stuff like that. And that's how it should not have gone down. You know, I should have understood that this was something to pass off to somebody else. Um, and I have been able to help other brides think that way too. Like, you know, you, you really want to, um, this is a very spiritual day. This is an emotional day. This is a big life change and it involves all of your family, all of your friends. This is a very complicated day and you want a wedding vendor who's poised and prepared to take all of that load off of you and not something that you want to take on yourself. So I learned the hard way, but I've been able to help coach some other people down the road, you know, maybe, maybe you don't want to be your own wedding videographer and running around trying to hit record on those cameras like you're thinking you might be able to do. It's, you know, there's a reason to pass some of those things off to other people. This is just a companion episode to season one. With it is, the, right. So know. for those of you who are out yeah. here watching for a while, or you go back and see our old episodes, we talked about couples who met at BJU. Now, you, now well, I guess we got to throw that in, though. So, Katie, did you and the hubs, did you guys meet we in school? We didn't meet in school. We met at church in the youth group. Ah. Didn't like each other. And then somehow right about the time we started going to school to Bob Jones, we started dating 
and we ended up, you know, faking the whole way through. Oh, awesome. Okay, cool. Well, in your mind, and maybe from what you've experienced through running this business, what are the skills, what are the habits, what is it that you find to be necessary to be a successful business owner? You can talk about maybe your experience and then if anything you've observed from being the wife of mm-hmm. a business owner too, I guess. As far as skills, you really do need to know what you're doing if you're promising something to somebody else. You know, you're taking on an obligation, you're making a promise that you're going to do something, you're going to do it well, and you're going to meet the, their expectations. So, you know, for me, I had to do some learning. I had to figure out floral care. I had a product that expires very quickly. I see it the day before a wedding. So I, if it comes in and it's not up to par, it's not good quality, I have to know what to do to make it right. Um, there are some tricks that you can, that, you know, people just don't typically know about. I can, I can rehydrate flowers. I can change their color. Um, I have to be able to, you know, I've got skills that I have to have to be able to pull off what I promised to somebody else. So that's a huge priority for me. If I don't understand something thoroughly, I need to know that before I'm going to be promising it to a client. For me, you know, that floral care, that um, knowing what's in season, knowing what I would do if a certain specific flower wasn't able to come in, I have to have a backup plan for a lot of these. And I have to be able to pull it off within 24 hours. Um, and that's leaving a good number of hours for me to actually design it and arrange it. So it's it's stressful. Hold on. How do you change the color of <laughs> so a flower? I have a couple ways. There's one that you can do with some water and dyes if you've got time. Carnations. Remember those little science projects back in kindergarten. There's some ways that you can get the tips to change nope. color. There's a spray um, that you can use that looks like spray paint. Um, it will not spray the leaves. It will spray the petals. And so there have been a couple weddings where intentionally... I ordered in all white flowers. What's the difference? Hold on. What's the difference between a flower leaf and a flower petal? Uh, I need to, I need to Google things while we're on the phone. Uh, while I got on this podcast. Oh, she's got visual aids, Jeremiah. Oh, okay. Okay. Ladies and gentlemen out there, you need to watch the, we're going to have to show them a piece of this day. Okay. Show us what's going on. Visual and audio. Okay. The leaf is the green thing that grows on the stem and the petal is usually on the, on the flower blossom. Now that, changes with the petal with the flower variety some flowers are actually using the leaves to decorate but if i could if i needed to change this white tulip to a certain color of purple i have certain sprays that i can use that will actually spray paint this flower the correct the correct tone without getting the green all what will they think of next david i mean it's like elon musk out here like to the moon. Okay. Very, I apologize for interrupting. I needed to have some education. I missed that episode of homeschool somehow. So, so yeah. So I have to have those kind of skills for people to be able to rely on me. My sister got married in the middle of Wyoming. I had an eight-week-old baby, went out there, had ordered flowers to ship in, and I found out two days before the wedding that there were not going to be any flowers coming into this tiny town of Wyoming. This is my sister. I have a relationship on the line. Um, we sent people four hours away into Idaho. Well, hold on. But won't you? You'd, she'd still be your sister, she'd though, be afterward. My sister, I feel like this know, is the wedding I, I want to mess up on. flowers, and I'm the professional. I'm supposed to pull these flowers out of So we ended up buying white roses from a grocery store in Jackson Hole, Wyoming. I had uncles going driving into Idaho to find a couple more bunches of white roses in the middle of nowhere. And I happen to have a couple cans of this spray, and I turned those white roses into the blush roses that my sister needed. So 
having that skill and that ability and thinking ahead, what if those flowers don't show up? I had to be prepared to to fix the problems, to solve the problems for. Oh, so the when the Carter girls get married, Carter mm-hmm. is your maiden name, right? When the Carter girls get married, everybody needs to run far away. There's going to be flower problems. Okay, the, the same thing happened for you. Are there any more sisters so we need to be worried about? the married and her flowers went well. That was beautiful and easy in oh, okay. Greenville and no, no trauma that I know of. So I'd love to know about some of the... Uh, uh, I guess the um, give us the range of opulence that have to go on. You know, some people do stuff very small, I'm assuming. But if you've got a vendorship here in this type of business, there's probably a lot of great big things I've never seen before. I'm not sure that I've really I, I, I don't know about flowers. And I don't think that this is the piece of the wedding I pay attention to the most. But I'm sure there's got to be people who have some really gaudy or opulent or you know, just de- de- the that the flowers and floral is the main decoration. I don't it know. has been for some of the weddings I've done. The flowers are kind of a centerpiece, and they really do change your photos. I think photos are more valuable than flowers, and I'll even advise brides that way. That's your memories, but the flowers will make those photos pop. I've done everything from little elopement packages, just the bouquet, things like that. Especially 2020, I had to shift my business model. Events were not happening. I'm a wedding and event florist. So I had to meet the needs. I did a lot of just bridal bouquets. I actually did a couple weddings where I did the elopement package and then a year later did the the big wedding celebration. So, you know, that was a little bit unique, not something I saw coming. I've done a couple of the big weddings with, you know, multiple receptions and a different style at each event. That's where I'm running all over town, you know, trying to make sure everything's in place. I have people who help me. I've also had to analyze, you know, I'm a homeschool mom with six kids. My husband runs a business that has his own crises. You know, the big, the big weddings, they've been out there for me and I haven't pursued all of them just because I know what I'm doing. I know why I'm doing it. And sometimes those massive productions just take a lot of stress and preparation and manpower that I just don't have. And that's not, that's not what I'm chasing after. So I've done a couple of the crazy ones. And it's amazing. You know, flowers are expensive and they're beautiful. So the result is just stunning to just stand back and say, you know, God made this and I just got to play with it for a week. But, you know, for me, I'm also, I kind of know my limits and I know where I'm going with it. And, you know, maybe, maybe some more of those bigger ones are down the line. I've got five daughters, you know, I might be pulling this off you know, for one of my kids' weddings. No, oh, there's, yes, there are more crises coming <laughs> yes. in your family. Yes. I don't have employees. I have a bunch of little interns. They all have my last name. They run around and want to help me play with the flowers. And honestly, that was something I didn't see coming. When I started this business, when I filed and had my, you know, got my EIN and got my retail license and um, started advertising and setting things up, I didn't know exactly where this was going to go. I didn't realize, you know, I've got all these daughters who are super interested in what I'm doing. And they were always asking questions, watching. They can tell you varieties of flowers. They know what to do with this spray to change the colors. They know what happens when flowers come in from shipment, how to keep them fresh until the event. That's a very rewarding thing. You know, someday in the future, we may open a shop. I don't, I don't know exactly where this is going, but I have a lot of interested people who also live in the house and they all, they all support me. They all help and they watch and, they get the leftovers and they're arranging wedding bouquets with leftover flowers the next day. So, so they've actually become helpers. That's something I didn't see coming, but it's 
pretty exciting. It's really fun. Katie, I wanted to ask you this next question because you talked a little bit about the difficulties you're dealing with organic matter. You're dealing with human brides who have, you know, emotions and expectations and things. So if you experience failure or if there is a setback, what is your personal approach to dealing with that? And how do you kind of work through that on your own or with the people that are helping you and, you know, the little ones that are watching you, um, you know, 24-7? I deal with perishable goods very last minute. Um, they're expensive. They're almost irreplaceable. And I'm dealing with some with the biggest day of somebody's life. I mean, this is the most photographed, documented, biggest day of their life. Mom and dad are invested, friends are invested, people travel. You know, I, I have a lot that I carry, and I have to be aware of that when I'm making promises. It's real easy to sit down with a client and smile and say, sure, sure, sure. And then if I know in my gut, that's going to be really difficult to, to have those hydrangeas last in the July heat outdoors in Charleston. You know, I need to be, I need to be upfront and honest, first of all. I need to head off some of the risks. Plan B. With the children, sometimes that means childcare. You know, I just need to make sure that I've got my bases covered so that I'm free to do the best I can possibly do. Now, we live in a fallen world, so those events are going to happen where it's pretty stressful and something's going pretty wrong. I think I have to define failure first. What is failure? You know, I, I don't think I accept failure. I think I solve, solve the problem. There may be a risk, like my sister may not have the wedding flowers come in. Well, I'm going to go find some flowers. I mean, she's going to have flowers. I'm going to find them, and um, we're going to make something work. They may not be the blush color she wanted. I'm going to do everything that I can to solve those problems before I even involve the client. They don't need to carry the stress that they hired me to take care of for them. So that's something that I keep in my back pocket. Usually if, if something's going on that I need to approach a client or my sister and just say, you know, this is going on. I'm working on this. I've got this solution working. Hopefully that works out. If not, I've got a plan B if we get to that point. But I don't, I try to carry that stress because that's why they hired me. They hired me to take care of the problem. Um, they hired me to take care of the need. And so my goal is to do it and not necessarily accept failure. If it if it turns out that it was different than planned, I'm going to make it as pretty close to, to what was needed as possible. Um, you know, even with 2020, there was a lot of COVID and things like that. I had to consider any wedding that I did book, any event, I could come down with COVID and I can't be touching flowers and handing those over to somebody else. And I may not know till last minute. And I've got this order coming in that, you know, you can't just go find at another florist shop. It's usually very customized. I had plan B. I had other florists that, that, you know, I networked with that we were talking and we were all each other's backup plans. Hey, if I get sick this weekend, I've got a pretty big wedding. I've got an order coming in. I could redirect it to you. Can you take on this job? So there's just a lot of preparedness. And then there's a lot of, okay, if I do hit a really, a really big roadblock, you know, what, what are my ways around it until I can't, I can't accept failure for somebody's wedding. I can't do that. I have to solve the problem. Thankfully, that's something that, that I like to do. I like to problem solve. So I think it works out. It's usually pretty stressful. Usually by the next day, I'm thinking, what am I doing? <laughs> Why am I doing this? <laughs> but to date, we haven't had any massive well, disasters. Besides the sister's wedding, yeah. we haven't come, come that close. Well, I was thinking that before you started giving us the details. I'm like, <laughs> what are you doing? This sounds crazy. This sounds crazy, but it obviously is so important for so many people, including, I mean, I got right. married. Uh, we had flowers, you know, but, but yikes out here. Not for me. <laughs> Not for me. It's the first person we've had so far this season, David, where I'm like, you know what? 
This is you don't want to be a florist. This, this business. <laughs> no, I, I didn't even know the leaves. So I can't do it. I can't do it. <laughs> Katie, we mentioned it maybe before the episode started, but you didn't get a agricultural major from Bob Jones, and uh, you didn't get like a design major from Bob Jones. So what what impact did you hear on campus, or was there anyone who impacted you here on campus that you say, as a business owner, maybe you kind of look back at that, like maybe I was learning a different thing in the classroom, but um, you know I was also learning this at the same time. I don't. You can answer that however you want yeah. to. Maybe maybe I've changed the direction of what you were originally going to say. Um, you know, yeah, I, did, I got a degree in piano, and I was a town student, um, so it wasn't at all in line with what I'm doing necessarily now. But I was thinking about this, you know, and, and memories were flashing back in my mind of the different teachers I had, the different experiences, the opera I was in, um, you know, my society, just different things. And there are a number of faces that, you know, pop out, teachers who were just really good at communicating. Um, you know, my piano teacher, Mr. Lehman, was just so kind and gracious. And that's a stressful major when you're having to practice log practice hours and with church music, you actually have to take two instruments at once, your primary and then a secondary instrument. So 15 hours a week of practice time on top of paying for school and working and dating and social life. I don't <laughs> um, Social life. That was actually super important. We really feel that this Bible degree and this church music degree that have turned into business and home life, those those gained us networking. I mean, the connections that we have and the opportunities that both my husband and I have had from networking at school, um, just just the continued value. People that we knew on campus and didn't realize were going to play a huge role in our lives later, open doors, come to us for, um, you know, as clients come to us to do business with us. We didn't know. We didn't know in our youth that that just walking across campus and being friendly and meeting people and having those conversations was one of the biggest impacts from Bob Jones. And then the other thing is, is, is you know, the, I think that the people that impacted me most were the kind people. You know, there were those moments where a teacher would, would recognize your work in class and just say something like that took some real effort and not being so self-absorbed or absorbed in their lecture, you know, or something that where they were very aware of who was around them and what they were doing and thoughtful about that. Um, Joan Pinkston was one of the kindest people I've ever met. I was taking classes with her that were way over my head. I am not a composer. I took composition with her with some brilliant minds. And she was fully involved with every person in her class, whether she could tell, you know, this is not going to be your thing. This is not your lifelong thing. You're not going to be my star composer down the line, but it didn't matter. It didn't matter at all. She was kind. She put time into investing in people. And those are the moments that pop out to me, these people who really looked out for others and were aware of what was going on in other people's lives and um, acted like you mattered just as a student walking by, you know, a freshman, you know, to have a, a, a person who's been there for years and years act like you're very valuable to them as a freshman. That was a huge impact for me. And I try to think of that going forward. I'm raising children and I'm interacting with people. And, you know, if, if I'm so absorbed in what I'm doing and the stress of what I'm doing or the money I'm trying to make, you know, I might miss those opportunities that actually are what really matters, you know? Oh, that's good. Okay, but that does lead me into our next question. So someone from Bob Jones comes to you and says, I have a church music major. I'm thinking about starting. What's another? I guess they maybe are doing the, the clothes that people wear at weddings. So they're going to 
complement your business. They're not a
Thanks again for listening to the BJU Alumni Relations Podcast. This is David Burrell, class of 2013, and I'm really excited to share these stories of alumni around the world as they continue the mission of BJU by learning, loving, and leading in their communities. For more information about stories like this that we'll be releasing over the coming months, email us, bjualums at gmail.com. We look forward to hearing from you.